Denton. Now, the ID says Richard here, but I'll call you Dickie if that's all right. Oh, call me Dickie, yeah, please. Is that what people call you in industry? Are you DD? Yes, I, I, they call me in, in industry. They, they call it me in, in I'm standing for election to, to, to the Barnsley Metropolitan Borough Council in two weeks' time, and that's what they call me in local politics as well. Ooh, um, can I ask which party? Yeah, the Liberal Democrats. Oh, very interesting. Um, and nothing is secure anymore, because you'd think Barnsley, downpit, Labour, Labour, Labour. But it's not true, because a lot of young people uh, have moved yeah. to Barnsley. In fact, my partner's auntie cousin is in right. Barnsley at the moment. We've got four on, four on the council already, and uh, it's going to be tough, but I'm, I'm hopeful that I can overturn a, a Labour majority in my ward, so we'll see. We will see. Uh, this podcast is twofold so this is going to be a very weird edit because you are taking part in the bohemian brands vodcast uh representing manchester city and you are also in the football library alongside nader manure's book kicking back uh with this book feeling blue that takes its place on the shelves alongside fan memoirs such as that their fever pitch i think this book's better than fever pitch would you agree well, I am I'm slightly biased. I would I, I would agree. I would say it was different from Fever Pitch. Of course, I would agree. But I will also nod to Fever Pitch as, as the book that inspired so many supporters, I think, to have the, the confidence that they have a story to tell about football. There really was no precedent for it. Nick was lucky. Uh, he wrote <laughs> on evenings and weekends while he was a teacher. And it centred around... Hornby's depression in the 80s and how, if you think of Arsenal, you think of Nick Hornby. And 30 years on, Fever Pitch remains the er text for fan literature. I wonder if you can count like the miracle of Castel de Sangro as fan literature, because Joe Beginnis moves to Italy and falls in love with this football team and things happen. Uh, which other fan memoirs have you read? Well, to, 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 be, to be honest, I haven't read a great, great deal. Mainly, mainly kind of... Time-wise, but I sort of, I sort of let 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 fever pitch, and that well, obviously thirty odd thirty odd, odd years ago. And I'd read a couple of city ones; they hadn't really worked for me on on on, on many levels. So 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 why I felt that people would want to read mine is a slightly interesting sort of sort sort of question. But I haven't been a massive reader of, of fan lit actually. I think. The, the fanzine movement in the 80s, Adrian Goldberg's Off the Ball, When Saturday Comes, which is still going. It wouldn't surprise me if When Saturday Comes reviewed this book, Feeling Blue, A True Story of Love, Life and Belonging, published by Pitch, the best of publishers, uh, also publishing yeah. my book, uh, which I'm not here to talk about, which by the time this show goes out in the football library, the book will be being placed on shelves for purchase on the 16th of May. It's called From Kids to Champions. It's about the Youth Cup. So I was interested to see what you'd make of that era in the 80s uh, when the class of 86 came in and you argue that the 86 class could be as good as the class of 92, but for, but for. Yeah, in, in, indeed. I was, I was talking to a friend about this, this last night. So so City's class of 86 had, had won the FA Youth Cup uh, and this, this were were names that probably aren't household names today, but, but so easily could have been Ian Brightwell, Andy Hinchcliffe, of course, on, on, on Sky, Paul Lake, Steve Redmond, Paul Molden, David White, brought up in this club that, that were changing its manager every 18 months, were, were dysfunctionally run at the top with a chairman, Peter Swales, uh, had a dressing room full of 
decent pros, but, 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 but nothing like when you make the comparison to class of 92. Ferguson, well World Club, addressing them with Michael and Bruce and Robson and uh, and Shoes and, and 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 players players like that and and I I do talk about what a missed opportunity and 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 just for the for the leaves that blow in the wind and the bait that that those those guys just didn't have the same opportunities we were always ultimately doomed for failure and I was talking about it in the context of the United game last night actually looking at. Harry Maguire and then said to me, if he played for City, he'd be such a much, much better player. It, it, it's his circumstance of where he is now, which is making him look, you know, uh, like the poor player he looks at the moment, but he isn't a poor player. That, that whole 96 and, and 90, class of 92, there were obviously men in a City book, many parallels between between City and United occur in it. That, that's just one of them. And if we're talking City United, this show will go out in full on May the 13th, that about, hang on, what time did I say? Was it 5.46? Yes. Yeah. Uh, You were elsewhere, and we'll talk about that throughout this show, some of which goes towards the Bohemian Vodcast. So I can't remember which drink you selected. Was it the Crystal Gin? It was a gin. It was. Yes, it was. Yeah. Well, that will be going to you, courtesy of Bohemian Brands, and City are one of the 20 British clubs that English or Scottish clubs, uh, that Bohemian have a licence to sell crafted vodka or gin. There's even some champagne. They are beautiful bottles and you can either toast your success in these local council elections uh, or you can give it to another City fan of your choice, some of whom are mentioned in this brilliant book, Feeling Blue, which we will talk about post-quiz. So I have one question to ask you before we go. Do you want the questions on the top shelf or the bottom shelf? I will take the top shelf, Johnny. Everyone goes for the top shelf. So we're in a 4-3-3 formation, akin to what Joseph Guardiola does. Got four general questions worth a point. Three bonus questions about your specialist subject, Manchester City, each worth three. And then three more questions worth a point on general football, uh, including a sound clip. So, Dickie Denton, if you are ready... I am ready. Let's kick it. The Merseyside Derby takes place this weekend. Uh, We're looking forward to the weekend of 23 and 24 of April. The teams met at Wembley in both 1986 and 1989. Both FA Cup finals were won by Liverpool, thanks to goals by which striker? That would have been Ian Rush. Rushy. Two in 86 and came off from the bench in 89 and scored another two. Yeah, (laughs) Ian Rush, four goals in two FA Cup finals. There's a reason they love him up at Liverpool still. And I imagine he was at Anfield, uh, as we record this on Wednesday last night. Just imagine Rushy in a team with Mane and Salah. Frightening. Do I get get a bonus point for saying the other two goals were scored by Aldridge and Craig Johnson? You only get... Smug satisfaction points at knowing football knowledge. Because if you get bonus points for everything, you will be streets ahead. By the way, the score to beat is 13. 13 is the score at the top of the leaderboard. Question two. Whom did Germany beat in the final of Euro 96 thanks to an Oli Bierhoff golden goal? Euro 96. That would... I'm trying to think what they would have been called in those days and they would be the Czech Republic. Yes. Uh, I would have had the the modern name. I think it's Czeska is what the Czech Republic is called now. But yeah, Czech Republic, Karol Poborski. It was the other Patrick Berger were Czech Republic players at the time. Uh, I must mention at this point that you were at the famous England-Scotland game. I was indeed, I was indeed, yes. Uh, and, you, and the Spain game. 
Oh, wow. The Spain game was even better. It, it was an interesting nil-nil draw, yeah. Yeah, and England won the penalty shootout, the voodoo. Yes. In which Stuart Psycho Pierce, ex-Man City manager, um, redeemed himself, oh. yes. Yeah. And got a book deal out of it. David yeah. Coleman was incensed by a match in Santiago between Chile and which European side at the 62 World Cup? I would guess that would be Italy. That's brilliant. He called it the most stupid, disgraceful <laughs> matches. And the, the TV footage still gets shown because the BBC had it uh, sent over <laughs> on canisters from Chile. I don't know if, I can't remember if you're old enough. I don't think you are for the 62. I, was, I, was born then. I have seen it. I have seen the footage yeah. and I have seen his, his, his uh, sw- swooning over his <laughs> little necklace over, around it. Indeed. Yeah. Gosh, think of the children. Uh, but the point yeah. to you. So you've got three out of three so far. Here's number four. Only one Kenyan has played in the Premier League. One footballer from Kenya. Who is it? Oh, I'm tempted to say Kanu, but no, he's Nigerian. He's Nigerian, I'm sure. Um, is it coming? It's not coming. It's not coming. No, you'll kick yourself in a Henry Kelly style. Victor Wanyama, ex of Tottenham and Southampton. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Victor yeah. Wanyama, the Kenyan. Good question. So, uh, three out of four, a very good start. And we will move uh, Dickie Denton to your specialist subject. But I must just ask uh, you married quite recently to the lovely Yvonne. Does she care? <laughs> Is she going to care about Real Madrid next week? Uh, yes, she will. She's she 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 she's into it. We met in we met in in, in Singapore. The the first holiday I ever took her, took her on this was in twenty fourteen. Was was we went away for a weekend to Hong Kong. Um, coincidentally, at the time of the the preseason international football tournament, and happened to be playing against Sunderland in Hong Kong at the time. Jesus. I think she, I think she knew from then what she was letting herself in for. And. Uh... This book is an indication of what football can do to a person. There is an amazing section of the book, page 226 and 227, which I can only describe as anthology worthy, which is the ultimate compliment I can pay. Because as the football librarian in the football library, I do look at brilliant football literature of which this book, Feeling Blue, is... I came to embrace the idiosyncrasies and foibles that made City what they were. They became endearing characteristics. Each failure and calamity on and off the pitch, each gloriously unexpected triumph, represented just another wrinkle line on the face of a loved one. It was character and personality. Every now and again, after a humiliating defeat, I'd ask myself why, but I never once asked myself who else. It is me. It is immutable. Inside Main Road, I would feel at home with my second family. City was my refuge and my shelter. City would be there for me and I would be there for City. And by God, you are there for them. Even if you're not there physically, you're there in spirit. Now, have you got tickets kind of hoveringly booked and plane flights booked for this year's Champions League final? Quiet. I have made a few tentative inquiries a- a- around it, but I've also got to the stage in life and with my tra- travelling, I suppose, and and and, and realising being a city fan, and being a, a football fan, isn't necessarily being de- defined by being at every game at every moment. It's that whole feeling and relationship, and everybody has their own relationship with with football. So, if I'm not there, as I wasn't there in in 2012, then I'll find my own personal experience and way of watching it 
if I am there, well, if City are there, first of all, and if I am there, there, that's fantastic. But it won't define it won't define my relationship with the with with City whether I'm there or not. Have you still got the lucky table? <laughs> I have got the lucky table. Lucky table um, is in my garage at the moment because I'm having some work work done in the house. Yeah, and protect it. Will, it. Yeah. yeah, and it will go will go by. Probably won't be up in time for the Champions League final. I love this section of the book. This, I think, is the United City game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and in 2012, which I remember watching in a Weatherspoons in Ryslip with my friend Elliot. I still remember a famous header, and that header is actually the subject of one of the questions in the bonus round. Three points for each of these questions that you get right, your specialist subject, Manchester City. Who took the corner? which was headed oh. in by Vanson Company in the only goal of the United City game on April the 30th, 2012. And it is in the book. That would be Merlin, David Silver. Merlin, he is a magnificent magician. And I was going to ask, if you were to create a front line of City players from <laughs> your time watching them, would David Silver get in the front line? Or would it'd you play King Cladzi? He'd be playing just behind them, Probably. In the, maybe in the hole behind them. Yeah, I was very fond of King Cladzi. There's my, there's my best City eleven, and then there's my favourite City eleven. King Cladzi would get in my favourite City eleven because of what he presented with all his idiosyncrasies. Uh, Silver would obviously get in my best. Yeah, King Cladzi famously relegated twice. Such a great player, yeah. relegated twice. Yeah. Um, yeah. How many own goals did Richard Dunn score for Man City? Going to be in the teens. I would say 14. Am I allowed a couple either way? 14, oh, no. something like that? The answer on the card is six. He scored six is for it? City. He scored four more own goals for Villa. Wow. It's, it's, it's not that Maybe it's 14 red cards then. Oh, yeah. The, the stats for Richard Dunn are, are extraordinary. Yeah. But he yeah. is an example, <laughs> and, and you say this, of a player who was eased out uh, by the new yeah. era. What was the What was the line? Oh, it was Gary Cook, who was the chief executive at the time. Richard Dunn doesn't sell shirts in Asia. Despite the fact he had been player of the year, five years running for City, albeit the, albeit the bar wasn't that high in those days. Um, yeah, Richard Dunn doesn't sell shirts in Asia. It's a different club now. And the different club started from the point where Paul Dickoff scored <laughs> a goal in injury time against Gillingham in the Division 2 playoff final in 1999. Dickov was at Arsenal with the man he put the ball past in that game. So who was that Gillingham goalkeeper? It was the best man at his wedding, Vince Bartram. Brilliant, brilliant statistic. Uh, Nicky Weaver won the plaudits that day, but if Vince Bartram had been better in that shootout, it would have been him. Uh, You write of the electric giddiness among fans during extra time, which I love that line. Did you carry on that electricity to the penalty shootout? Did you win it in the stands? Uh, yes, I, I, I think I think we did because obviously we'd come back from we'd lost it. We, we we we'd come back from two 0 down, and and uh, you almost sense that that Gillingham were were, were, were were out on their feet, um, and only one team was going to win it. And then then I remember that when the penalties happened and. Holsey was the referee. Mark Holsey chose the, the, the city end, or it ended up at the city end in those days. And the noise—I have never heard anything like it when when Gillingham took their first penalty. The, 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 the noise coming from the city end, and how oh, oh, the poor guy—I think it was Butters—actually 
managed to get the ball to the goal, I don't know it. And it, it just carried on the momentum, just the, the excitement and, and just believing we're going to do this. Because, of, of course, and I mentioned it, John, it's three days earlier, United had scored two goals in injury time to win the, to, the treble and to win the European Cup against Bayern Munich. And so there was a fate about it. Once we got the equaliser, there was a fate about it. Before then, it was, yeah, we were staring in the abyss. I studied at Edinburgh. Um, because I liked the fact that everything was walkable. But I've been to Manchester lots of times since. And I thought about doing a riding course there because uh, Caroline Duffy was the uh, course leader at the time. And I fancied living in Manchester for a year. And I would still love to. I don't know if I'd live in the blue bit or the the red bit. But um, having been to... I haven't been to a match at Eastlands. Um, but I've been around the campus and it's deeply impressive. And there are three games. Uh, one, as this goes, as this quiz goes out tomorrow against Watford, you could win 8-0, you could win 6-0, but we won't score. Uh, you will have just played Brighton at home. Uh, are you going tonight or are you watching? Uh, no, I'm watching tonight. I'm watching tonight. Yeah, I'm out camp- campaigning this afternoon. Yes. Uh, and then next Tuesday... It's only Real Madrid. Uh, and then a week mm. later, you travel to Castilla to see the mm. second leg. So these, are, these three matches, would never, well, a couple of them may have happened in 2000. Uh, but in fact, mm. in 2000, Watford were in the Premier League and Man City were in the championship, well, what was um, the first division. Um, but the way Manchester City are run today, and I know you don't really mention Sheikh Manzor other than the purchase of the club, is that you do draw a demarcation between the club on the pitch, the De Bruins, the companies, the Edersons, and the boardroom. But I wanted to know, do you support any of the other clubs in the City football group? Do you have a hankering to support New York City or Lommel or Girona? Well, well I, I lived in, um, in, in Connecticut from 2015 to uh, 18. So I went to a few New York City games. So I was only an hour from New York. So, uh, so yeah, I started, uh, started following uh, New York City a, a little bit when Vieira was out there and then Lampard was, 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 was out there. Mm. And I keep a passing interest in, 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 in the other clubs in the City group. Uh, obviously, keep a very keen interest in, in, in the, the ladies' football team as well and, uh, and how, how they're getting on, because I think the investment that the, the club have put into women's football is fantastic as well. It's a transition season for City women, but I remember seeing yeah. City against Chelsea. Ellie Roebuck made this save that took my breath away, and I thought, she's going to be the England number one. And she, and she is. Or I think she's number yeah. two. Roebuck but most of the Izzy Christensen I loved watching her I was actually at the Women's FA Cup final when City mullered Birmingham this was Carly Lloyd that that FA Cup final and they're great to watch and in in fact the the ex-manager Mark Skinner uh, moved Mm. away so they're in okay yeah of course yeah yeah they're adjusting I think I think Steph Houghton is is every bit as inspirational as a person as a leader as as Vincent Company in her Mm. own way and do you think that is because she's from Sunderland and you went to university in Sunderland? <laughs> it could, it could well be. It could well, well, well be that she has that lovely accent or brings people along with her. So, yeah, quite right. And you can read about your time in Sunderland and meeting a guy called Sinjin Usher, Saint. Saint. Sinjin Usher, the Saint. Yes, yes. yes. Um, whose dad was a pathologist at the Hillsborough disaster or in the in the aftermath of the Hillsborough disaster. So fascinating. And I'm sure you've yeah. spoken to Saint in even in the last few weeks. 
he was in my in my kitchen yesterday, passing passing through, and he just read the book again. Oh wow! And this is a credit to, and testament to the person you are, Dickie Dent, and we'll talk a lot more about it uh, in the second half. Uh, this book, Feeling Blue, which is out now, uh, get it while City are well. We don't know what's going to happen in the middle of May. Uh, you'd hope it would go right to the wire. It doesn't help that Villa play Liverpool and Villa are managed by an ex-Liverpool player, suspicion. But if you've got Watford at home this weekend, that will boost the goal difference because it always does. You'd like to think so. We have we have a very, very good record against against uh, Watford and we have a decent record against Brighton, who we play tonight. So, uh, But I'd, I'd rather it didn't come down to goal difference. Like 2019, I think we won 14 in a row 2019 to close it out and we had to. I think we probably have to win seven in a row this time. And you mentioned Villa, and our last game is Villa and Steven Gerrard, which could be interesting. How fascinating. It's a a small football world at this level. And uh, talking of Brighton and Watford, not Real Madrid, but if you're a Watford fan or a Brighton fan or know them, you can give the gift of alcohol through Bohemian Brands, bohemianbrands.co.uk. This vodcast, Vod Can I Kick It is the quiz. A Vod Can I Kick It, the quiz is better than the title. Uh, and this week we are uh, quizzing Nottingham Forest fan Andy Satchwell, who will be having the bottom shelf of questions. Uh, but we must finish uh, this round of quiz, Dickie Denton. In 1997, this is sadly topical... Which side, who are currently trying to get back in the Football League, got to the semi-finals of the FA Cup when they were captained by Sean Dyche? I remember a guy called, I think, John Morris scored a goal. Peter Duncan was the manager. Not so far from me. It's Chesterfield. Uh, David Ellie was the referee who disallowed a goal that went over the line. Yeah, I stood next to David Ellery once because I was at a prep school's music afternoon and he was a master at Harrow. Yes. Mm. The old-fashioned ref. Um, mm. he, he wrote a book, which is not brilliant. I'm looking forward to Mike Dean's book, which he must be writing. Yes, yes, yes. And I wonder where Mike Dean is going to ref on the last day. Are they going to give him Liverpool? Well, they can't give him Liverpool because he's from there. Yes, of course, yes. Well you, know, well, you know what he says his favourite all-time game was that, that he refereed. Was it the 2012 game where he sent off yeah. Joe Bart? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. Indeed. Who is Ron Harris talking about here? One of the greatest goal scorers this country had ever produced. And uh, if he was playing in the modern-day football today where defenders are not allowed to tackle, I think he'd score a hatful. I was fortunate because all the years I marked him when he played for the Spurs and West Ham, my orders was wherever he goes, you follow him. And he only ever scored one goal against me, so I was quite pleased. <laughs> is that right? He only ever scored one goal against Ron Harris. Who is he? If he played for Spurs and Spurs and West Ham, it's either it's either Peters or Greaves, I would guess. But I've got to go for Jimmy Greaves. Yeah, absolutely right. The top scorer of English football, the best marksman of all time. Obviously, football began in 1992, but can you imagine how many goals he'd have scored on a proper pitch? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, his legend extends, and Norman Giller's about to write his last book about him and Greavesy. It, it caps off a career where Norman has written over a hundred books. Um, wow. Whereas you have only written the one, but you've been otherwise engaged most of your life. Yes. Yeah. You have the civic duty, and I wish you luck as we speak at the elections. Uh, good luck with the door knocking. Um, Thank you. But don't mention the football because Barnsley are going to get relegated this weekend. 
Yes, it does. It does look like it. That that home defeat against Peterborough probably did for them. Yeah, did for them on Monday. You won't believe the question I've got for you on the top shelf this week in two thousand and one. Roy Keane was given his eighth career red card. Whom did he tackle? I think that was the father of the soon-to-be Manchester City uh, centre-forward, uh, Alf Inga Haaland. Do you know, yes, it's correct, which was never in doubt. If your dad's playing for Man City, albeit before <laughs> times, Erling Haaland, and City need a number nine, who is monstrous, and you need to replace Aguero, and Gabriel Jesus, good though he is, is not Aguero standard. It's going to be scary next season. Hopefully. And the story continues. Your book, Feeling Blue, ends with 2012. Are you thinking of doing a follow-up with the last 10 years? Um, not at the moment. I, I, am, I, am, I am working on another book, which isn't football-related, actually, which is uh, uh, slight, slightly different. 2012 was such a seminal moment and such a such an inflection point, I think, in, in City's lives that I've I've kind of just left it, left it, left it there for the moment. I may come back and have a look at uh, another one, another one beyond there, and, and we'll, we'll see how this one goes. I just want to quote from near the end of the book, um, and if you want to hear the rest of this show, then listen on May the thirteenth, the tenth anniversary. Is it the paper anniversary of City winning the league? Ten yes, years. Yeah, yes. Yeah. The only thing that has ever scared me about dying is that City will play their next match, and I will not know the score. That is a hell of a line. <laughs> it's true. Well, it, 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 it is true because it would been there for me in my life for so long. And, and, and you know, and every day I wake up, the next match, the next match, the next match. And whether, whether I've been in a good place in life or a bad place in life, an average place in life, it's been the constant. It's, it's been the, the game, the, the game coming and, and, and having that something, that North Star, that something to look forward to. And, and one day, for the first for the first time since since March 1966, one day will City will play a game, and I will not know the score. And 19, that scares me. Yeah, 1966 was the year my uncle Clive started supporting Watford, and st- he moved to the area and started <laughs> going. And yeah. it really is—it's a lifetime of affinity. And you take the third tier games, mm-hmm. you take what is it you say York and yes, Darlingfield, yeah, Wrexham. Yeah, you take those and uh, you appreciate Real Madrid at home mm. next Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, the second half of this will be on uh, May the 13th in the Football Library, soundcloud.com slash Johnny underscore Brick. Uh, I'll be talking to Andy Satchwell next for Nottingham Forest, uh, seeing if he can exceed the very respectable 12-point total. Just Richard Dunn's own goal quota undoing you. Uh, Dickie Denton, but brilliant. And as a reward, you get your Bohemian brand, City-branded bottle of gin. So cheers to that. Thank you very much.